Oh, it's been a minute since we had a, a little Bill Withers to start the show. Rest in peace, friend. Uh, it's 3.05. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show, which is now currently on the air until 7 o'clock. Um, on the air on Q105, smaller things, smaller versions, when I wake up in and morning, no curse words. It's the PG-13 version, PG version of the things we do here on the podcast. Um, it's Eric Chase and the fam. No fam today. You know, Wednesdays is uh, loosely community day, but for the second week in a row, when I had to scramble last week to grab a guest, uh, no guest today, trying to get um, three, almost three years or so ago, before the last World Cup, I had a couple of guys on who have their... There are entire hands on the pulse of the local soccer scene. And there's some things going on here. There was some national soccer news that we could have gotten into. Um, but uh, but Jake needed to reschedule again. Uh, Philip will be on tomorrow. And then the you actually, no Philip on Friday. Bethany will be on with a special guest of hers. So I'm glad you're here today. Um, I, had ju- I just realized uh, as I was wrapping up uh, the on-air show, huh, why haven't I seen the story on any of the news sites about the mayor's press conference earlier today? At 10 o'clock, he did a press conference to kind of unveil that your streets are going to get fixed. They did. He did say like April or so, once that thing passed, um, when we got the quarter percent passed. So the streets will get fixed. I'm fortunate on my side of town. Um, a problem is not the streets. The streets is fine as opposed to like parts of West Toledo and North Toledo and they look like bombs went off in them or bombs were dropped on them. So I'm glad, and, and I think that they are doing it by, by priority. Like, if your street is more messed up than somebody else's street, as long as the city knows about it, I know there's like a street hotline, they will fix your street. So, uh, But I didn't see the news story yet. I'm guessing that will lead things tonight uh, on the nightly newscast. And there's been some back and forth today with, as you know, Amanda, we've kind of hit, and I was expecting this, we've kind of hit the, what is this phase of things? Dating? She said situation sip? Situation ship? Relationship? I don't know. Like, it's so cliche, and I think it was a Supreme Court thing decades ago. Um, If you have to ask what porn is, or something along those lines, like, you know it when you see it. And if you've got to ask what it is in the case of a relationship, maybe you shouldn't be in it. So, I've got no questions or qualms. I've been very delighted with how things are going. Another, wow, last night was a sweaty night um, with me and that kid running around for like two hours. And he pooped three times in a very short amount of time. So, um, he's fun. She's a blast. I enjoy spending time with her. And uh, I'm enjoying spending time with him. All right, podcast stuff. I'll let Philip investigate. Is it or is it not a ship or whatever? Um, so yesterday, as I'm going home, uh, or as I'm as I'm leaving work, I get a message from Phoenix. Let me walk you through this again. And I didn't even consider what tomorrow is, like it because we can't do practical jokes in radio anymore because people have gotten upset. Some people have taken things too far, and there's been lawsuits or threats of lawsuits. And if you live in a CYA, cover your ass, world like I live in, 
corporate America. You can't do April Fool's Day anymore. And I'm fine with that. If you look up like biggest April Fool's Day jokes in history, we're never matching any of those anyway anymore. There's a Michael Strahan thing, like you fix the gap. I think we're all on alert for what tomorrow is. So Phoenix messages me and says, hey, what was it like? And he says, brah, B-R-A-H. What was it like living in Orlando? I said, I liked it, and it was hot. He said, okay, good, because we're, we're going down there next week to look for houses. What? And I wasn't even able to process that. Um, so there's Paul, my brother, Tracy. They're engaged, I think. She's his person. She's pregnant with my niece, Noel. Phoenix is nine. That's Tracy's son. Paul is essentially a stepdad. Um, I have met Phoenix before. He messages me now randomly on Messenger, which is a wild thing. And uh, Tracy and Phoenix are hardcore Disney people. They went, I think the last time they went was it was in September right as she found out she was pregnant, I remember my dad and I were like, that doesn't sound safe. It, it, we were getting into another wave. And they went. But they're diehard. Like, Tracy gets treated better than Mickey and Minnie or any princess at Disney because she's one of those hardcore users. Um, Disney probably pays her and Phoenix to have Disney+. Plus. That's how hardcore they are. Like, you've got your Fast Pass or whatever it is, uh, the gold pass, the platinum pass for Cedar Point. Well, multiply that by a million. That's Tracy and Phoenix for Disney. So it, it, it's economical, and she gets flights for like $43 and all that stuff. I didn't even think of that. So I can pull up these messages, and the long and the short of it was, uh, I was told that they were going to sell the house on Foster Street back home, and the three of them were moving to Orlando. Now, I didn't hear a why about that, but... Tracy's a teacher, probably find a job. Uh, Paul's been at his job for as long as I can remember. I think it's his only like real job, his real adult job ever. And he started young like I started young. Like he got into it when he was 18. I got into the same thing when I was just as young. Uh, let me pull up these messages. Basically, they talked about moving. And I was like, what's going on here? Um, they're fly- um, I have no idea. Next week we were flying to Orlando. My mom told me to pack my shit. He said shit. My mom told me to pack my shit because we leave next week. I said, why did she say that? He says, so we can look at a house. I said, what about Foster Street? Paul said, maybe sell it or rent it out. I don't know. Um, he said, my- I said, what about my dad? Phoenix said, Barry can come visit. And I said, well, he can move with you. My dad has a girlfriend. So I, I, I've told you before, um, there's not great communication in my family. And I said something that could have offended people last week on the air. I said, my brother is like China. You don't really get all the story. Like like what we've been going through with the pandemic. Like we knew the really important things. Like that's probably where COVID started. But the the details that we really need, that we really needed like a year ago, China was kind of tight-lipped about. And I, I misspoke. Chinese people are probably very wonderful. China's government, not very forthcoming at all. My brother is like China's government. You get like 42% of the story, and it's on his timeline. Just like how a week ago, I called Paul. I was like, hey, did you decide what to name her? He said, yes, Noel. I said, great, why didn't you tell me? He says, well, we just told Dad over the weekend. 
Great, the weekend was three days ago. When was I going to know? So again, Paul's not always the most forthcoming. So for me to find out from Phoenix that they could be moving to Orlando, very possible. Like, this is this is a plausible thing. Um, and Tracy has more authority when it comes to family decisions, and I'm not saying that um, in a derisive way. Everybody has their strengths. Apparently, Paul is a fantastic food shopper and takes care of all that stuff, which would make my mom so proud because you know that my mom was like the coupon lady. She would shut down the register, so my mom would be so proud that Paul takes care of all the all the shopping and stuff. So I call my dad. He is kind of speechless and has no idea what's going on, which again, because there's poor communication, not surprising. I called him later on. He said he called Paul. All right, he said he'd try and track down Paul. It's like 8 o'clock, I'm over at Amanda's house, and I wanted to check in. I was like, Dad, have you heard anything? He's like, no, Paul. It's 8 o'clock. Paul probably went to bed. He didn't call me back. All right, so this morning I find out that a ruse was played on your favorite podcaster. Phoenix, who my dad says is whip smart, played a joke on me. And then he continued that joke today, um, asking if I was going to come visit and all this other nonsense. I said... Get your shit out of the house by April 30th because I'm moving home. I said I'm keeping the dogs. So there was some back and forth there. Um, there was like one constructive thought that came of all of this. I actually did process the trio of Paul, Tracy, and Phoenix, and Noel, little Natalie, and the dogs moving to Orlando. Like I said, this is totally plausible, although I should have... Re- Paul, like I love spring and summer, Paul hates it. He's finally gotten to the point in his life where he hates the bitter cold days and the snow, but he hates hot weather. Hates it. So, like that wouldn't, like he wouldn't fly in in eight months of the year in Orlando. Um, It is, you think it's hot and humid here sometimes? That's August through like, that's like July through October there, just scorching heat and humidity. And eventually you get used to it. Your blood thins out. So it was completely plausible that they'd move there. And I'm like, shit. I felt bad for my dad. Because he's not going to have anybody. But but Terry, he's going to be lonely. Even though he and I talk every day. I'm sure he and Paul talk every day. I felt, I was like, I, had, I felt, do I have to move home? And I immediately thought, I wonder if he'd move here. Other people have asked me if my dad would move here. And I always say, no, he's got Paul. And the the larger family unit is in Philadelphia. And he's got Terry there, his girlfriend. They've dated for like eight or nine years now. By the way, I met Terry when I... So I moved back out to the Midwest, to Detroit in 2012. I moved here in 2013. And around March 2013, my dad comes to visit. He says, Terry's coming. I'm like, who the fuck is Terry. The first time I ever really found out about this woman, she visits with my dad. That was uncomfortable. Um, it would be hard to get my dad to leave, and he wouldn't leave Philadelphia. But others, you've asked him for, would he come here? And I've thought about it before. I don't want him living in my place, but I would like to have my dad here. And I then went through the thought experiment, uh, and this was, I guess, after I, after my dad told me that this was all a ruse played by Phoenix. What's more plausible? What's more likely to happen? They move to Orlando. My dad moves here. 
obviously them going to Orlando is very plausible, but I do think under some certain circumstances and with the proper persuasion, I could get my dad to move here. Maybe it will happen one day. I do worry about when my dad, and I went through my mom dying six years or so ago, and Paul had to watch her erode and home hospice and all this stuff. Um, I do wonder, you know, my dad's 72 years old, and he's in great health. In fact, when he told me, when he had told me he got his first vaccine and we were considering the idea of him coming out here so I can get my Wawa pretzels and, of course, you know, see my dad. And so Andre could lick his face until it falls off. I was like, Dad, are you okay to drive out here? He's like, yeah, why not? I'm like, well, you're 72 years old. He's like, I'm totally fine. My dad is completely fine, lucid, healthy, other than like some normal older things and just, you know, getting checkups to make sure things are working as they should for someone that age. My dad's in great shape, so I really don't have any qualms about him uh, driving out here and being unsafe. There was a time when he and Paul came to visit, and I think my dad fell asleep. This was like, I must have been in my 20s, though. Um, and I think my dad fell asleep and drove into a, a median. I have to ask them about that. So I'm disappointed in myself. I had to go get a scan today. I'll leave it at that. And then I slept like shit last night. I, I, I Again, I hate this. And if I haven't told you, my doctor says I have a B12 deficiency. I've been taking some supplements, but I know that I'm going to need the shots. And I hope this is the reason, this is the villain... This is my Thanos as to why I am so lethargic. I'm not sleepy. I'm lethargic. I take sleep aids to get me to go to sleep. Um, and the, non-addic- the non-addictive kind. It basically, it's the Benadryl stuff, the over-the-counter things. Um, and, like, usually around the middle of the week, like Monday and Tuesday, I've got as much energy as, as I'm going to muster up. And then as the week goes on, I slowly, my, I lose energy and I erode. I got home last night from playing with them. I had a a late snack. I had some bad dreams, which is usually tied to the snacks. No kidding. If I eat close to bedtime, I have crazy dreams. Um, Woke up like crap and just couldn't get myself going to the gym this morning. So I did my scan and I'm like, you know what? You know what this is like when you're tired, when you're a little crabby, your discipline begins to escape you. Could have gone home and had, I actually just bought egg whites in a little carton. I could have made that. Instead, I said, I'm going to go look for breakfast. Was going to go to, what, the Sunrise Skill Up? But I'm like, yeah, it's kind of small in there. When I had gone before, it was the first thing in the morning. There's a cafe on Reynolds down the street from the airport. I'm like, ah, you know what? Let me go to one of the bigger chain places because they're they're bigger. I go to Bob Evans. And a friend of mine used to call Bob Evans Heaven's Waiting Room because of the amount of old people in there. And I saw a lot of cars in the parking lot. It was 10 o'clock. I get there. And it looked like a funeral dirge. It looked, there was just, it looked like a church. There were just the church pews, the benches, seats and seats of old people. And I heard Harriet tell Jude, it's, it's going to be a 20-minute wait. We can do that. And I said, the fuck I can. Got out and went across the street to IHOP. Um, first of all, I waited longer than I really felt like I should have. I wasn't being impatient or grumpy, but like, hey, I'm here. The There was an older woman in front of me in her 60s. No mask. And she had a snarl about her waiting to be seated. And that snarl almost made me want to say, 
Where's your mask? But I'm not. I'm not going to be the mask police. But if there's anybody, I'm going to be the mask police on. It's going to be a 65 year old little lady. Um, and for her to have the audacity to have that snarl of feeling like she's being disrespected because she wasn't seated immediately without a mask, and maybe her reasoning would have been, "I'm fully vaccinated." Eric, don't worry. I got two vaccinations, or I got exactly what I... I know, but still. Like, we're not taking chances. Um, Anyway, this is my punishment I'm going to share with you for not going to one of the local spots. So I'm in the IHOP, and I get some bacon omelet and some hash browns. Didn't, like... I didn't gorge myself. It was 11-something, 13 with coffee, a tip to cut like three bucks. It was like $16. The hash browns came out. Like, you know what hash browns look like. Uh, Not the hash browns that McDonald's gives you. Like, the shredded kind. That's what I was expecting. It was shredded. It was the shredded kind. It was in a square. Very unappealing. Then the omelet shows up. And the omelet was small. If... What, I had the iPhone 11. What's the, the biggest iPhone? The omelet was around that size, I think. It wasn't that much bigger than the size of my phone. I was very dis- It wasn't even that good. I don't even know it's even cooked all the way on the inside. Um, just saying, at least for those places, I mean, I expect a heaping portion of food. And I don't ever complain about money. I'm, I'm fortunate. I, I'm good with my money. But $16 for that, not worth it. But that's the pun- that's the punishment I, I'm dealt for not going to a local spot. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, I apologize if I've said on the air or here. Um, Zaya Cooks had an amazing freshman year at South Carolina. And it probably was last year. She's a sophomore. Uh, Zaya Cook uh, from Rogers led South Carolina last night and really did lead South Carolina. So in the previous game, she hit five threes. That's a big deal. She led all scorers last night in the Gamecocks win over Texas with 16 points. They play Stanford, another women's basketball powerhouse. The winner of that game, 6 o'clock on Friday. Faces the winner of Arizona versus UConn, which is maybe the greatest program in women's college basketball. And I've said for a while now, if not this, and it's not this year, but before Zaya Cook is done at at South Carolina, she will probably be uh, the known as the best player in college basketball. Now I don't know college basketball. I don't know college basketball like men's college basketball that well, but Zaya seems like a megastar. I guess as a freshman. At UConn, Paige Beckers, Bukers, this girl's a star. UConn always has stars. Um, and I I have always kept South Carolina on my radar, the women's basketball program, for at least the last 10 years because Dawn Staley is their head coach. Dawn Staley is maybe the greatest women's basketball player to ever come from Philadelphia. So I have pride for my hometown. I think she played at Virginia and then her first big coaching job, I might be wrong, was at Temple University. And then I was disappointed that she left. I think she went to South Carolina. So she left her hometown. But South Carolina is a bigger program. So I've always had South Carolina um, on my landscape. So it was nice to see Zaya go there and star. Um, 
couple of other things, or actually one last thing we'll get to, and we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll keep it short today. So this morning, uh, found out that we, we found out who the road rager was last Wednesday night on Monroe, um, outside of Marco's, the intersection where Target is. Uh, his name is Dave Sean Creighton, a 25-year-old. He has been now. If you come across the article, read it carefully because I misread it. I miss. I, I read the headline, then I was like, oh. He has been indicted with several felonies. So he's in some serious shit. He's been indicted, not arrested. Uh, so he is still out there. And as I think Alex said to me, he is probably states away at this point. And then I was thinking, and I've been thinking, as I mentioned in the last couple of days, I'm like, why haven't they gotten this guy yet? So I guess some people after the shooting followed him. He was in some white car, and I guess he tried to cut some other people off. And those people smartly snagged the license plate and through that they were able to track Dave Sean down. Um, and then I'm guessing it took some time for the indictment to happen because I don't think there are indictments over the weekend and maybe all the paperwork had to be handled. So um, this dude is out there, probably not a local person, but could be, but Dave Sean Creighton is the guy's name who was the one who shot at Justin and what I can only assume is his family last week at that intersection on the row street that we heard while we were eating dinner. One last thing, last week it was Parsley, the dog we had heard about, a puggle that the Humane Society was taking care of. I guess she was beaten pretty badly. This week, it's another dog, <clears throat> excuse me, named Fletch. The Humane Society is... Seeking justice for Fletch had an arrow stuck in him. So we need to find that person. Um, we are desensitized to, we are desensitized for the most part to violence against humans. For the most part. Not always, but when we hear about a shooting or something, it's often in a place where we might not go or people we don't know or people we don't care about. But I go back to the Michael Vick um, dogfighting fighting. 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, ago he, and I, I said it then, and I still believe it, he'd been better off killing a person, at least as far as perception and optics were concerned. Now, he is a recovered and functioning part of society. I have um, given him a second chance for what I saw him do in, in Philadelphia. I don't think it was a facade. I, I think he was truly remorseful after he was sentenced and all that stuff, and people deserve second chances, depending on the severity of what they've done. He did his time, and it wasn't in, like, white-collar jail. It was Leavenworth in Kansas or wherever it is. Um, but I can't deal with... And I said at the time, he'd been better off killing a, a person rather than a, uh, a dog because or, or whatever he did to the animals because we saw our beloved animals with what he did to them. And I see Fletch, who has an arrow in him, and there's some pretty grisly pictures, which I chose not to look at, um, I can watch all kinds of violence and gore. I told you, compound fractures are not my my thing, like bones sticking out, not my favorite thing. I can't do Band-Aids. Um, I can do almost anything, even if it's like real stuff. Uh, I can't do violence against animals. It, it just, it's emotional anguish more than seeing the grisly nature of it, knowing that somebody would do that to, to uh, in, all, in many cases, a defenseless animal that meant them no harm whatsoever. And again, I think about, like, ugh, an arrow through Diddy or Andre. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please, I would love it if you, you know, listen to this. This is companion content for the radio show. 
Um, we play some songs on the radio. We do the snippets of things we talk about here on there. So please, if you can, listen to the radio station. Um, I have created a lot of things that go on in between the songs all day long. And uh, I think we have um, reimagined the station since, since September. That's made it uh, a lot more listenable than it was. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you for listening to Q105. Bye!